Hello again. Hello. It's you. It's me. It's you. It's us. And here we are together for another episode of Factory. And you are Simon. Oh, don't tell me. Okay. Don't tell me. Simon. Go on. Water deep. So close. Uh, Wishing. Uh, yeah, Wells. That's the one. Simon <laughs> Wells. And and you are Bruce. Batting, pitching, throwing, catching. Oh, fielding. Correct. There you go. That's how I, when people ask me how to spell my name, I usually say as in cricket or rounders or something. Fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so who are we? What are we doing here? We are voiceovers and we use our voice for a living to do all sorts of wonderful things. But we do a podcast. Which is what you happen to be listening to. <laughs> what a coincidence. And factorially is, it's about facts. Which we deliver orally. Orally, yes. So today we're going to talk about money. We are, yes. Uh, a dirty subject for some, but um, it, is, it is the system upon which an awful lot of everyday business is based. Yes, so, and, and it has <laughs> been for quite some time. How long would you say? Well, it depends what you call money. Right. So is money something that you exchange for something else? So, for example, if you're an Aztec and you want uh, some uh, tools yes. and you have some cocoa beans yes. and you switch the cocoa beans for the tools, are the cocoa beans money? Right. That is a good distinction to make, isn't it? So, um, bartering, exchanging one type of goods for another, has been going on since forever. You know, Someone has a thing that they don't need. Someone else has a need that they don't have a thing for. Let's exchange. Quite simple. Um, if you're exchanging a good directly for a good, I don't think that's money. I think money comes in where you're using some form of token that represents value. Yes, that has has an agreed value. Yeah. In Siberia, for example, like solid blocks of tea were used as money. Right. But okay. they weren't to buy other tea. They were used to buy other things in Siberia. Yes. Or in, they had a lovely thing in Tristan da Cunha where potatoes were, were used as currency. Oh, really? Up until the Second World War. Wow. And quite recently. That yeah. recently. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Canada used playing cards as banknotes for a while. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> How odd. Solomon Islands, they used dog's teeth as, okay. as, a, as a sort of form of currency. Um, in parts of Africa and Europe, they were using seashells of various sizes yes. and, and rarity for, for thousands yeah. of years. Um, some of the oldest coins actually have a, an impression of a seashell on them because they, they were that oh, wow. ubiquitous. I didn't realise that. So do you know where we get the the first thing that can be recognised as a coin, for instance? I don't. I don't. So the first coins, or at least the oldest coins that we know to exist, came from around 770 BC from China. Um, they were not terribly official it's not like it was the national currency but you know you can definitely see these metallic tokens with some kind of impression or engraving on them being exchanged for goods um and it was only a handful of years after that 700 bc that um paper money was introduced again in in china uh so they sort of seem to have been the the forefront of using this stuff uh-huh. but the first official national coinage uh, that that seems to have been found was from around 600 BC, uh, and this was in Lydia, which is uh, you know, what what is now part of Turkey. And um, King, I hope I get this right, King Aliates uh, set up a, a royal mint 
And uh, so, so that that country was the the first place to have an official, nationally accepted, standardised currency, uh, all the way back in 600 BC. If we go back to like the 700s AD, mm-hmm. uh, we discover that there is a thing called a pound. A pound. The pound. Don't think I've heard of those. Never heard of it. <laughs> so the the pound is the oldest form of currency still in use in the world. Really? And it was originally it goes back to 775 AD. Okay. The first mention of a pound, and it was it was the value of a pound of silver. Right. Okay. So the word pound actually relates to the weight of a pound. Yes. Pound yeah. of silver. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And so if you think about weight, the the short form for pound is LB. Yes. In, when you write it down. Yes. And you can shorten that to L if you want. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the pound sign, it's actually an L. Ah, right. Okay, now I have a different origin of that. Ah, you're probably going for the livre. I was. <laughs> so what, tell me about livre. Right, the livre, as it shall now forever be pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's tricky, isn't it? When things come from different sources around the same time, it's very difficult to say which one is accurate. So I'm, I'm not suggesting that this one is right and your one is wrong, but um, yeah, they, they could coincide. Um, King Charlemagne of France, um, around around the same time, sort of the late 700s, came up with this, this currency, again, based on a pound of, of silver. He divided his pound of silver into um, 20 sous, each of which was divided into 12... Denier, and this was called a livre, so the pound of silver was called a livre, and that it was the the word libra, the Latin for money, that formed the L shape for the pound sign. Ah. But they could both be right. Um, The symbol itself is older than I thought. Uh, The first example of that actually being written down, the Bank of England, in its vast collection of all things money-related, they've got a cheque dated from January 1660 wow, with a very, very obvious English pound sign written on it. Um, so that's been in, in use since the mid-17th century, which is um, older than I would have thought. That's fantastic. There were other things that were divisible as hmm. well. For example, the Spanish dollar was designed to be divisible. Okay. Uh, a Spanish dollar was worth eight reals. Right. And you could actually cut it up into eight pieces. Right. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. No, you're kidding me. Is that where that comes from? <laughs> yes. Wow. So a piece of eight was a whole Spanish dollar. Right. So you could cut it up into half mm-hmm. or into quarters. A quarter. A quarter dollar. Yes. Brilliant. Or two bits. Why is two bits a quarter? Because it's from the Spanish dollar. Great. That's wonderful. Do you know why dollars are green? Nope. American dollars. Yeah, sure. It was during the Civil War. They decided that dollars should be green. Okay. And they decided that they needed a, um, a dye for the paper mm. that, that didn't discolour or fade or decompose. Okay. And they looked at lots and lots and lots of different dyes and colours. And the one that stayed as stable as possible was a green dye. Right. Fascinating. Paper money isn't, isn't really paper. <laughs> it's mostly fabric. Yes, it's sort of made out of cotton and things, isn't it? It's about 25% cotton, 25% linen, and 50% pulp. Really? So it's a, there's a lot of fab. You can wear money, and it would be fine. <laughs> well, old money, anyway, because new money's all made of plastic. Yes. You could probably wear that as well. But. 
I read that the um the modern notes that are made out of, of plastic, uh, the plastic is so rigid, if you were to cut a little sliver off a note, it, it would be sharp enough to use in place of the needle on a record player. Wow! So you could actually play a record with money. The Federal Reserve made a $100,000 note. Okay. It was used to exchange money between banks. Right, so okay. it wasn't actually; it never actually got out of the banking system. Yeah. Similarly, in the UK, there was a, another sort of internal banking thing where there were a few uh, thousand-pound notes mm, mm. knocking around the system for a while. Mm. Uh, and then Mark Twain came up with this idea of of the million-pound banknote, <laughs> which was made into a film starring uh, Gregory Peck. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, I think, isn't Gregory Peck? Oh, it's rhyming slang for check. Okay. So maybe we should talk about checks. <laughs> oh, I've never done such a good segue in my life. That that, I'm, I'm very happy that was, with that. Let's just let's take a moment and enjoy that. Gregory Peck, check. Let's talk about checks. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. So the origin of checks. Do you know what? I never even thought about looking at checks. Um, they they seem like such a redundant thing to me now. <laughs> I still have a checkbook. I never use it. Um, tell me about checks. So uh, checks were originally. Um, like a piece of paper that was given to somebody to give to somebody else in another place. So, for example, if you wanted to take money from one country to another, it's often Jewish moneylenders who did this. And you would go to your Jewish moneylender in Switzerland Mm. and say, could I have a note to give to a Jewish moneylender in London to say that I've given you this much money and that he should therefore give me that much money when I get to the UK? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. And that was very early on, and then and then people used to write their own write their own check. <laughs> so then checks became a bit more formal. They had you know you had to print some out with the name of at least with the name of the bank right. on the top of the check, and ideally yes. with your with your account number. Yes, on the on the check somewhere, um, and you would sort of you could still handwrite the check, um, but uh, up until quite recently, you could write that on anything. Oh really? Uh, for, for example, in in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, someone wrote a, a, a check with, you know, with the constituent parts all correctly filled in and drawn sure. on a valid account. So they wrote on a on a large hundred and fifty pound halibut. Wait, wait, wait! Sorry, <laughs> on a halibut. A hundred and fifty pound halibut That's was a, a check, halibut. and it was it was written out correctly. It was it was to honour a rates bill to the local council <laughs> from from a guy called Randall Arnold, who was reportedly protesting the condition of roads outside his frozen food depot. Oh, that is so obscure. I know. I've got. Do you know what? I'll put a picture on the show notes of this enormous <laughs> being held by two people, one at either end. Uh, wow. £150 halibut. <laughs> How bizarre. People are odd, aren't they? So, you know how it's illegal to deface money? Yes. There's this whole thing about the fact that um, it, it's illegal to damage, tear, rip, burn, draw on, etc., etc. Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of the good things about plastic money is that it makes it harder to do those things to it. Yes. Um but apparently, it's only illegal to partly burn money. Oh. If you partly burn a banknote, uh, it leads itself open to being uh, reintroduced into circulation and, and used. But of mm-hmm. course, it can't be used because it's partly burned. Yeah. And that's what causes the issue. So either you don't burn your money at all, or you completely and utterly burn it 
down to the level of ashes ash. so that there's no chance whatsoever of it being put back into circulation. So the KLF weren't actually doing anything <laughs> illegal? No, no. When they burned, was it supposed to be a million pounds or something that they burned? Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? All of those cartoon characters who, who light their cigars with um, a burning banknote, perfectly fine, just so long as you let the banknote burn All down to way. ashes. Yeah. <laughs> I read that um, the the British pound is the most counterfeited currency. Oh wow! The pound coin notes notes. Yeah, because the, the, these days even coins have security. I mean, the old thing about clipping a coin. Yes. Um, so coins were made of a precious metal. Yes. Um, so, for example, a silver coin, you could just clip a little bit around the edge, yes. and then gather together all the clippings around the edge and make yourself another coin. Yeah, absolutely. but people would accept it as the coin that it was supposed to be. Yeah. So people would. So that's why you have serrated edges hmm. on on older coins, hmm. and now why modern coins they they go to even greater lengths to try and stop people from counterfeiting them. What what exists on a modern coin that that makes it so uncounterfeitable? Well, on a British on a British coin, it's um, I think it's Latin. Right. So it's a whole Latin sort of verse on the on the sides of, oh, of, of a British coin. If you look okay. at the side of a, of a of a British pound pound coin, hmm. you'll see something written on on the side, and it's also serrated, and it's also you know the, I think it, it doesn't a modern pound it's not round. No, it's not. It is. It's slightly um. Well, it's not hexagonal, but it's no. it's got edges to it, hasn't it? It's yeah, got and also edges. The, the British currency now. If if you put it all together, I think it makes a picture. It does, yes. Yeah, my son is fascinated with this fact that um, the the most recent redesign of the British coins, can't remember how long ago that was now, um, but each one of them contains a, a, a section of a picture, and when you put them all together, it, it, it makes up the, the uh, coat of arms of Great Britain, I think. Yes, one, one, one of each denomination. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And it's such a, such a good idea, really clever. Now, I find it fascinating that... At, at the root of all of this, you know, talking about gold coins, silver coins, um, is is precious metal. And I, I find it fascinating, the, the history of gold. I mean, there's too much to go into here. But essentially, gold is only a precious metal for a handful of reasons. The biggest one being that it's pretty. <laughs> if, if gold wasn't the colour it was, if it wasn't shiny, yes. if it wasn't reasonably hard to, to find and therefore have a little bit of rarity to it, no one would ever have used gold to make necklaces, earrings, jewellery, etc. Or, yeah. or money, exactly. We would have had to find some other substance. I hadn't realised that the, the concept of digital cash was as old as it is. I, I sort of think of Bitcoin, you know, it's, it's very much a 21st century yeah. invention. Um, in 1983, uh, there was a fellow called David Chaum, uh -huh. uh, who wrote a research paper called Blind Signatures for Untraceable Payments. <laughs> um, and every drug dealer in the world read it. <laughs> <laughs> and he put forward this theory of, of you know, hypothetical digital currency, that it doesn't actually need to be physical anymore. It can just be represented digitally in one's bank account or, or, or whatever. But um, 1983, I hadn't realised it, it went back that far. Uh, and this fellow was also um, sort of one of the first people to talk about blockchain and, and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but yes, 1983. Wow. But getting it out of a wall, you can't get virtual money out of a wall, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. No. 
because that that's that's not been around that long either. That's been around since like 1967. Really, ATMs have only been around since the mid 60s. And British, hurrah, Barclays. But did we invent the ATM? So yeah, so the so the very first ATM was British. Oh, well done us. And it was in Enfield. Enfield. Outside of Barclay, Barclays Bank. And the first person to take money out of an ATM was an actor who was quite famous at the time called Reg Varney. Oh, I recognise the name. Now, Reg Varney was, was, was famous for his appearances on a TV show which was incredibly inappropriate called On the Buses. Oh, yes. Which, was, uh, which would never get on air today. Yes. But uh, was very popular at the time. Great. Have you done any um, research into the Guinness Book of World Records? Yes, I have. I came up with nothing. I tried to find some interesting records about money. It's it's so broad a subject, you know, the the most amount of money ever paid for this or the wealthiest person, wealthiest company, wealthiest yes, country, yes. just just too much. I found a couple of loosely financial based kind of records. Um the world's biggest piggy bank is in Ludwigsburg in Germany uh-huh. and it's 18 feet high. Um it's bright red and it's made of fiberglass and reinforced plastic. Um, slightly tenuous, but there it is. I do like a record. <laughs> Largest human currency symbol. Okay. This was a, a very odd thing to, to find. Um, but in 2018, 1,717 people got together and stood in the design of the Indian rupee symbol. And a photo with, was taken of it from, oh, wow. from above. Um but that's, uh, is that really a record about money? Not sure. It's a bit or loose. people. Exactly. <laughs> or symbols. Or symbols. <laughs> I, I know that the largest coin ever minted mm. uh, was minted in 2007 in okay. Canada. Right. It's called the Big Maple Leaf, the BML. And right. it's a, it, in Canadian dollars, it's a million dollar coin. <laughs> oh my goodness. It weighs 100 kilos, 220 pounds. Huh. 3,215 troy ounces. <laughs> Five of these coins were produced by the Royal Canadian Mint in 2007 at their Ottawa facility where the first um, big maple leaf produced right. uh, is still in storage. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine a million, a million dollar coin? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, I only got, got a very, very few limited uses in life, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's quite interesting. One of them was nicked from a Berlin oh. museum in, in 2017. Crikey. Um, yeah, and by that time, the, the value had actually gone up to about $4 million. Sheesh. Imagine taking that into your local bank and asking for change. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, an inch thick right. and 20, inch in, 20 inches in diameter. Oh, heck. Okay. <laughs> big. That's very big, isn't it? It's a very, very big <laughs> coin. So in, in, in the UK, obviously the Bank of England is, is the big one where hmm. all, the, all the money comes from. The old lady of Threadneedle Street. That one. Um, but there are several other banks who are entitled in the UK to issue banknotes. Oh, really? Um, so the Royal Bank of Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, the Bank of Scotland and the Clydesdale Bank are mm-hmm. all entitled to issue banknotes in the UK. Huh. As in Ireland, in Northern Ireland... The Bank of Ireland and the Ulster Bank, which is part of the NatWest Bank, hmm. are entitled to 
issue banknotes, as is, and this is really great. You remember there was an episode where we talked about Danegeld? Yes. Was that in the Vikings episode? Yes, in the Vikings episode. Well, the Northern Bank in, Ar- in Northern Ireland, they actually issue banknotes on Danske Bank. So oh. technically, that's Danegeld. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Who knew? Um, I have no more facts. I have been shortchanged. Um, my pockets are empty. My wallet is bare. I have no more facts. Long pockets, short arms. Short arms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm finding myself a bit skint now as well. So. As we've both run out of, of interesting money facts, we could go with the board. No, let's not go with the board. <laughs> Who wants that kind of podcast? Exactly. Not me. Exactly. So um, like, subscribe, share tell people go out into the street right now and shout at the top of your voice listen to factorially <laughs> you won't be met with any amount of suspicion whatsoever thank you all very much for listening yes. uh, we hope you've enjoyed this this episode and uh, please come again next time for more factorially, factorially. goodbye cheerio